How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. WGR Sports Radio 550. It's time to take a look inside high school sports. Now, here's your host, Tony Caligiri. Inside High School Sports is brought to you by Minio and Sapio Italian Sausage. Taste the difference quality makes. Good morning and welcome to Inside High School Sports. I'm your host, Tony Caligiri, along with Roger Weiss and Francis Beck. Tom Prince is on the line. We're going to talk to him in a little bit. We have a studio filled with Bishop Tymon players. We're going to talk to them and Coach Lakata. That's coming up in the second segment. A lot to talk about today. We are full-blown. Well, actually, now we're towards the end. And... Uh, We've had one team already reach the finals for the second year in a row, ready to go, uh, cheese, sausage, pepperoni. We are so proud of you guys uh, beating tight. What? Raj, why are you? Sh- oh, by the way, happy birthday, belated birthday to Roger Weiss. What's up, young man? When they ask me how old I am? I say I am, you know, in honor of Abraham Lincoln, who I still think of very highly. I just tell him. You I'm- covered his inauguration, didn't you? <laughs> I was Anthony. I was at, at I was at the station when the train went by, but I w- wasn't at the inauguration. Okay. Why do you, you make me any older? Why I'm, do you well, do Because you said you're older than you're almost as old as Dirt, but Dirt was born uh, just ahead of you. Dirt and I were twins. Dirt was eight minutes older. Yeah. Than me. So you happy now. Yes, I'm. But happy. when people ask me how old I am, I just tell them four score minus seven. <laughs> <laughs> well, happy birthday, buddy! Uh, hopefully, you had a, uh, a lovely birthday. In fact, hey, uh, at this stage of my life, every birthday above ground is a good one. Did you do Trust anything? Me. Did you do anything special? Went to Denny's. Free, okay. free breakfast and Denny's and your birthday. I like that. Not bad. All right, let's get into news and notes so, uh, before we start talking about the games. Francis, uh, you're going to kick us off, kick it off today uh, with uh, news and notes, and uh, we have a big event coming up. Uh, what is it, a week from Tuesday? Yeah, Tuesday, December 3rd is the College Football Recruiting Night. That's at New Era Field from 6 to 8 p.m., uh, this event is conducted to help expose quality uh, quality area juniors and seniors to as many college football's uh, coaches as possible in a casual and convenient setting. The event will provide an outstanding opportunity for college moments to meet with our to our junior and senior athletes and parents and discuss a wide variety of recruiting and financial issues. And uh, I have another news and note. Uh, this one's from Wilson. Okay. Do you think they had a pretty good fall season? I think so. You're wrong, Tony. They had a fantastic fall season. Okay, yeah, I'll go with that. Every team made the New York State Scholar-Athlete Award. They had 22 all-Western New York Scholar-Athletes. 58 athletes had perfect attendance. Two league titles. Two sectional runner-up. And they raised over $2,400 towards breast cancer research. Wow. 
That's outstanding. Isn't that kind of overdoing it? No, though? it's I mean, not. Oh, okay. That's the kind of stuff I like to hear about. That's fantastic. Congratulations to the uh, Wilson community. All right, I'm going to throw in uh, my G&G Fitness Coach of the Week. If you would like to nominate a coach, simply go to LifeFit.com. Who do you think should be Coach of the Week and why? Congratulations to Kenesha's head coach, Rich Robbins, on winning the uh, large school Monsignor Martin Association title. In fact, Tony, it looks like the way you're doing it, you're going to ask them who they thought the Coach of the Week should be. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm sorry. I you, First of all, forgive me. I'm a bit under the weather. And trying to focus, it's difficult. You know, when you, you just don't feel good and your eyes hurt and everything else hurts. So I'm just trying to... Uh, get through it i'm sorry all right yeah i'm going to give an honorable mention i'm glad you mentioned the coach of the week uh rich scrabuha he is the cross country and track coach at narden mm -hmm. before that he was a cross country and track coach at olmstead formerly kensington right and he was uh very successful there left olmstead moved over to uh narden uh number one uh they won uh uh Whatever federation meet was in Western New York, as their whole team is running in the federation championship downstate this afternoon, and uh, also you might recall uh, it was either a year or two ago I talked about two twin girls that went to uh, Narden. One of them went to Cornell. The other one went to uh, I forget which Ivy League school is. Well, Gabrielle Ori. The one at Cornell is leading them in the NCAA cross-country berth. Plus, both these, well, Cornell and the uh, Ivy League, that ought to tell you right there. And all this, it just, Narden didn't seem to come on board with the uh, cross-country prowess until, coincidentally, you know, Rick Scrabuja went over there. And I just want to give a shout to him. I know he's probably not listening. He's a little busy downstate, but uh, I hope word gets out to him. And he's definitely an honorable mention for the G and G Fitness Coach of the Week. Very cool. Uh, by the way, thank you, Roger, for coming out to our uh, rally to save youth football that NASA put on at the Warlitzer Building. And uh, first of all, let me get your thoughts on it. Well, again, Tony, I'm still blown away. Uh, you know. What possible studies do they have that kids that only played uh, Sandlot football, you know, NASA football, even at the, uh, what, modified and JV and varsity high school level, how many of them have they done studies on after they died about brain injuries and all that? Where is all this stuff coming from? And, again, you know, these people are going to go in, if they do want to play football, and we can finally play now, we're in high school, or at least middle school, they're going to be so far behind, and it's just going to be, it's trickled down, and it's only going to make uh, high school football all that much more behind the rest of the states. Do you think, Not you to know, mention uh, the amount that's going to come out to play football. Not only that, too, and... Everybody says, well, you know what? If New York does this, other states are going to foul. I'll believe Pennsylvania and Ohio are going to no, drop early football. I'll that's believe, never going to happen. I'll believe Texas is going to drop early football and all these. Florida. Are you kidding me? No. And they expect us people to eat this stuff up? I'm sorry. I'm. That's why I went out to North Tonawanda, and that's a hike, especially during uh, – Rush hour going from the south towns to the north towns. There's just no shortcut any way you look at it. But I was bound and determined to be there, and I'm glad I was. I really 
glad you emphasized that to me. And anything I can do, the only thing that scared me the other day after we heard on Monday that uh, Robin Schiminger is behind this, behind not accepting right. this and all that. And then two days later, I hear he's not going to run for re-election. I hope they don't drag this out. Or, you know, I hope this is taken care of while he's still in office. Yeah, uh, good point. Let's say good morning to Tom Prince. Good morning, Tom. Hey, guys, how are you? Tony, how are you? Uh, I've had better days, Tom. I'm a bit under the weather, but uh, with the help of Roger and Francis, we're going to get through this. Uh, how's your right? Are you still en route? No, I, I was. Uh, I called the game last night, so I'm still here in Syracuse. I, oh, okay. Uh, here in Syracuse last night. All right, first of all, start off by telling us about that game. We, uh, we started off saying congratulations to Climber Sherman Panama on reaching the state finals for the second year in a row. Yeah, fantastic game. I thought it was the tale of two halves. The first half, it was all Tioga. They had two plays. They pretty much ran almost exclusively all game. First of all, the running back was a bruiser. This guy has uh, averaged 200 yards a game, and you saw it the way they came out. Anytime he ran to the outside, it was a huge run. And he had... At the end of the first quarter, he had over 100 yards and two touchdowns at the end of the first quarter. Wow. Came out. Yeah, he came out unbelievable. But I thought was the difference in the game was the first half to the second half and the adjustments that CSP made. What I loved the most was they had this quarterback, Tayoga had this quarterback, where he would get so low that the top of his helmet would barely come over the offensive line. So he was very hard to pick up. And then what he would do was he would actually do this fake handoff to the fullback up the middle, and you saw the defensive line converge on the fullback, and he would do a little, a little turnaround as a quarterback keeper and then find a gap and then go for huge yards and ran for a touchdown. And he was doing it every single time for first down yardage or big plays. The big change in the second half, that play got completely shut down, as well as the running back. Total difference in the defensive line, defensive stance, and it was the big difference in the game. What was uh, CSP able to do offensively uh, to get them back in? They, well, they were, they were moving the ball all day, right? Uh, Hinsdale had a great day. He was throwing the ball all over the place. In fact, I was shocked how much he threw the ball in the cold, in the elements, and everything that was out there. And a lot of times he would have had even more yardage, but there were some big drop balls that had happened. But Hinsdale threw a couple that were dead right on in people's hands, and unfortunately there were just drops. Moore oh. was huge in the first half. In fact, uh, Hinsdale had 60-something yards in the first half with two touchdowns, of the 67 yards, 57 yards went to Barmore and both touchdowns. What a surprise that is. You know, and then in the second half, though, uh, Swabek came on huge. The running game came on huge. And then with nine minutes left in the game, CSP scores down by one. They go for the two-point conversion, converts a two-point conversion on the Wildcat to John Swabek or Swabek, and – Boom, he runs it into the right side for a touchdown, and that's the difference of the game. Cool. <laughs> I love it. Tom, if I remember right, uh, when I saw – because I saw part of the first half, they're really using Barmore a lot 
more this year, you know, running the ball, especially throwing it to him. Uh, what did you make of his performance, especially early on? So early on, his performance was great offensively, and I totally agree with you, Francis. Not only is they passing the ball to him, but he, they use him in the run game. Like, he's considered a running back at times and will literally run the ball out of the backfield. So he's playing multiple um, positions out on the field offensively. What I think the difference and the unsung part of his game this weekend was on the defensive side. Thank you, thank you. From the defensive end standpoint and was really big defensively and came up to help that team out. So they moved him all, was it, they said they moved him to the middle. Was it like a middle linebacker or was it more of a nose guard? No, it was more, it seemed to be more of a defensive end is where it was. Because according to the paper this morning or in the article I read on the line last night, they switched him defensively from his end position. All it says is to the middle. It didn't elaborate. And uh, I just, you know, you see this guy, he looks like a pencil out there. As good as he is athletically, he looks like he should be nowhere near the trench. Well, 6'5", it will tell you that right there. But, <laughs> and, but remember when I told you, that that was what was big from the first half to the second half was how the defensive line held their grounds, especially against that one play. So that was what the big thing that needed to happen was you had to hold your gaps and hold your spot when they ran this play. And that was the big difference first half to second half and the reason why they were able to stop that run game. Yeah, you fill the gaps and there's nowhere to go. Don't over-pursue, hold your spot, and they have nowhere to go. I love it. I absolutely love it. Tom, what could you tell us about today's games? So there's going to be some big matchups today, uh, no doubt about it. Um, We've got Maritime and and Southwestern. I like Southwestern's matchup versus, uh, versus Susquehanna Valley. I think Maritime's going to have a real tough matchup with Chenango Forks. Oh, they're a thorn in our side, Tom. Oh, are you kidding? They get their mail at the uh, yeah. West That's Semifinals every year. That's a program. Mike Baggerman in our news department went there, and he's smiling. Go ahead, Tom. Oh, but, I'll, but I'll tell you this. Special teams is going to come into play. We know what Addison Copeland can do on that special teams. They kick the ball to him, and they let him do what he can do. They can make it again. But, you know, you've talked and told us so many times about uh, Maritime's ability to have so many different guys carry the ball. Is that something that they will be able to use uh, to their advantage, keeping the defense off balance? You would hope so, because when they go into their three running back set, they can run any one of them out of that three running back set. So you would think that it is tough to defend them because even when you, you, they're going to do the same exact set every time and run multiple plays off of it, you would think it's still hard to prepare for and will you be fully prepared until you actually see it in game. So this is going to come down to the trenches. Uh, how well are they able to block? No doubt. In fact, Tony, you say, I hear you say that almost every game that I call or talk to you guys. I look at the trench play right away. That's the first thing I look at when we start a game because in high school football, it could really determine what team's going to come out on top. Oh, yeah, we have a couple of offensive linemen in studio right now. We're going to get their point of view. Is you know, They're smiling. Yeah, you're right. Offensive line is very important. Tom, quick question. Southwestern game, is that a noon start or an 11 o'clock start? We've had conflicting reports. 
Noon. Noon start. Noon three six. Okay, because the one in the uh, program, uh, the section six program from uh, last weekend, they have actually eleven. Uh, three and seven is starting time, so it's definitely noon. Three and six, six o'clock being the maritime game. No, six o'clock being the double A game. Oh, so okay, noon and three. That clears that up. Well, no, noon and three for our locals. That's the Good. one I was concerned about. Sure, and then uh, you have Canisius playing for the uh, Catholic State Championship yep. in West Seneca. Is that one o'clock? Uh, one kickoff? o'clock. And they're going up against, what, the number one ranked team in uh, the state. So yep. you would have to look at, all right, looking at that, that they, they would be the underdog. But they were also the underdog against St. Francis and St. Joe's. And St. Joe's. And it's like, are they peaking? Are they, are they learning to win? Mind you, it's a young team. That was the thing all year. We noticed that they were a young team. You know, they had a sophomore quarterback who had won a three-way battle, so not a ton of reps. And he had some young wideouts. Their strength was on the line. But even in that Joe's game, you could tell that they were very young, that first Joe's game. But you knew that they were going to get better. And as the year went on, you know, they you know gave a game to St. Francis just like Joe's did. And then, to be to be honest, it did ups- – um, I, I thought it was an upset that Canisius won, but it wasn't too much of an upset. You could tell that they were getting better – all season long, this young team. Because remember, they started out facing like really top-tier teams, out-of-state programs, and they just kind of built on that throughout the season. And it's it's going to be tough for them today, but it wouldn't be the... Uh, but the fact that possible. they're at home gives you a little bit added, added confidence and uh, it's like, okay, we're in our backyard. So maybe that can play into effect and, you know, and help them. Plus you throw in the fact they got a great coaching staff and they know what adjustments to make. You know, good luck to Canisius today. And I know they were the re- real deal. I believe it was week three. They did a number on Maritime. That was the only blemish on Maritime's record all year. And it wasn't a close game at all, you know. Some ridiculous margin of victory, and as the saying goes, but it wasn't as close as the score would indicate. Well, Tom, you're going to have a, a busy day. Uh, have a good one. Knock it out of the park for us, and enjoy your day. Hey, before I go, sure. Just let you know the alma mater, Cornwall, back to the state championship, and I'll get a chance. <laughs> you're beaming, aren't you? They're going to play uh, Carthage now, uh, who beat Ken and Dagua last night, the team that beat South Park. Oh, okay. Yeah, Roger wanted to, wanted to find that out. All right, Tom, we'll talk to you next week, buddy. All right, thanks, guys. All right, Tom Prince, uh, WNY Athletics, calling in and giving us an update on today's games. All right, we're going to take a break, guys. When we come back, Coach Joey Licata is going to call in, and we have four of his players in studio. We're going to talk about and congratulate Bishop Tymon on winning their championship. All that and more, you're listening to Inside High School Sports, WGR Sports Radio 550. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. 
So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does. <laughs> Nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Inside High School Sports. I'm Tony Kellagiri along with Francis Beck from WNY Athletics. Roger Weiss is here, and we are joined by Bishop Tymon Football, and we have Coach Joe Licata on the line. Good morning, Joe. Good morning. Thanks for having us on. Oh, my pleasure. Uh, my absolute pleasure. This is a, a great opportunity for us to get to uh, talk about your team. Congratulations on your championship. Uh, you know, and we we spoke to you before the season started when we were doing a, a season preview, and talked to you about the turnaround at Timon. You resurrected the program. You you've uh, breathed new life into the program. How rewarding is it to uh, pull off a championship? Well, it's just it's just a testament to the guys uh, in the room right there that you have with you. Uh, that senior class was a special group. Uh, they stuck it out. Um, it was tough three years ago. You know, the the program was there's a lot of uncertainty surrounding it, but those guys really stuck together and uh, pulled off something that that they'll remember for the rest of their lives, and that the time and community will remember for the rest of their lives. Oh, absolutely. Uh, talk about the championship game. You guys beat uh, St. Mary's twenty eight to twenty six. Uh, yeah, it was actually 28-26 at half. We ended up 36-32. Oh. Um, it was an awesome game. Uh, I was back and forth in the first half. Uh, it was like watching basketball on turf in that first half. Um, they have a great running back. Uh, they're very well coached over there. We had a tough time with that with their running back, uh, Jaquan Manuel. Um, but we our offensive line dominated the game, and, and that's why we won the game, uh, was behind those big dogs up front. Well, we had a lot of smiling going on in here a little while ago. Tom Prince was talking about line play and how important it is, and uh, your two big guys had grins from ear to ear. Yeah, I mean, we we start five senior offensive linemen. Uh, Those guys have been together for three years um, and have played extremely well. And, uh, you know, we, we won the game by dominating the line of scrimmage and that's like you guys were talking about earlier i mean that's majority of the time that's how you win football games um is with with the big guys up front and uh you know those five guys really bought into our offensive schemes and uh perfected them and you know we had we had the most trust in them uh they'd come off the sideline and we'd ask them what they liked against certain looks and we trust them and we went with them so not only are they really physical and good football players but they're really smart and uh, we were able to trust them and, and get behind those guys and, and pull off a victory because of them. Joe, when we talked before the season, you said that winning the Class B title, Monsignor Martin, wasn't necessarily the measuring stick of how you decide what makes this what would make this season successful. So in your mind, was this season successful for Timon? Absolutely. Um, championship aside, uh, the... The adversity that this that this group of, of young men have faced um, with the with the passing of their classmate and teammate Paul Humphrey, um, the way that they stuck together, 
throughout this entire process um, and used football as as a almost as a crutch to lean on and uh, to compete and and wear that helmet with pride. Um, it was it was something that I'll never forget um, for the rest of my life. I mean, it was. A, it was a really, really special season. I, I know the guys are probably laughing at me right now for that word. They are. This is special. They are. I mean, but but that's that's the only word to, word to describe it as special. Um, it really was. Raj. Good morning, grandson of Kensington graduate and nephew of many other of my close buddies. Yes. I- <laughs> you, uh, Joey, I just got to say it real quick, and I digress, but uh, we'd be <coughs> remiss if we didn't uh, mention it. Uh, 27 days. Are you counting 27 days till uh, Starpoint versus Timon? I know, I know. They're uh, they're over at a scrimmage right now. Uh, they're scrimmage against Niagara Falls. Uh, I was talking to my sister. My sister's helping out too. She's she's my dad's assistant, so that'll be an interesting dynamic. <laughs> <laughs> when you say your sister, you're not talking about the young sister, are you? Grace, yeah, Grace. Oh, my. Gracie Licata, yeah. an assistant basketball. Oh, come on. Gil told me about that. Oh. Wow. <laughs> I remember when she was playing JV at Will South. you got to be kidding me. Wait, now, did you guys have a three-point contest, like, in the driveway or something like that? You're not that? supposed to mention that. Joey lost. You're not supposed oh. to mention that. Oh, sorry. Sorry, Joe. By the way, I'm getting text messages from the uh, Star Point coach. Coach, he's talking trash. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we better get back to football. Yeah, we man. better get back. Now, Joe, I don't know. You know, we've been talking about the uh, the last couple of weeks about the proposed ban on tackle football and the ripple effect it would have. Now, being that, you know, Bishop Timon, uh, you know, you're growing your numbers – but schools like yours and, and Cardinal O'Hara and several of the small public schools would could be in danger if this is taken away just to the fact that how many kids would no longer come out for football. Right. Um, I think we talked about this before the season started was, uh, you know, I love youth football, um, but at the same time, if, if coaches at the youth level aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing, which, Tony, you know this, a lot of them aren't. Yes, that's true. There are leagues out there, and I just want to uh, let people know that there are leagues that are they don't go by USA football standards. We go, NASA, who I'm a member of, we use uh, USA's Heads Up program. So all of uh, the stuff that we do is in conjunction with their teachings and uh, their guidance. And, uh, you know, I know from our league, the game has never been safer. But there are fly-by-night leagues that pop up every year. Some guy, you know, he's put together a team. He, he wants to go and travel all over the place, and they don't. They're, they're not putting safety first. And I think what we need to do, rather than banning the game, is finding a way to put everybody under one roof so that we make sure everybody goes by the same guidelines. I agree. I agree. And, and what I was about to say was that, we get some of these kids who are being taught the wrong way for, for six years prior to getting to high school. So we have to break them down and then reteach everything, and they're so far behind where, in some cases, I'd rather a kid who's never played before but is a physical kid who you can mold and teach as a freshman rather than somebody who's been taught by somebody who doesn't know football but they're just doing it just to be out there. So, Tony, what you said is great. If, if everybody – at the youth level was under that same umbrella and was and was teaching it the right way, I would love it. 
Well, I know that uh, coming up in uh, Binghamton, there's going to be a uh, a big conference, and many of the leagues, including NASA, uh, is participating. Pop Warner's going to be there, and they're going to try to put together a coalition. They're going to try to put because their whole thing is safety first, and they want to put everybody under the same umbrella. So that's coming up, uh, I believe, next Tuesday in Binghamton. So hopefully, this some good comes out of it, and hopefully, we could. Uh, put an end to this ban because there are going to be a ripple effect where kids are not going to come out and play all right let's get into talking with some of the kids and our first one here is brandon lawry he's a defensive end running back and i had joe when you sent me this i i this is like the first question i had to come up with snacks that's my kind of nickname <laughs> get up close to the mic yeah how did you come up with the nickname snacks i used to be really, like real chubby <laughs> and I'm still chubby now, but it's like I used to be real fat, and that's how I got. I used to eat a lot, and still do. But I mean, like, that's, that's you look like you're in good shape, so I don't hey, think you could you. go by there. Well, uh, he can't be too small, Anthony, if he's also a defensive end. Did you say defensive end? Yeah, I'm, a I'm defensive like, end and a running back—that's a odd combination. Yeah, yeah, better, heart and better soul. Better than Matt. Sir, Joe, tell us a little bit about Brandon. Uh, well. He's really the heartbeat of our team. Um, he's the kid uh, that's always got high energy. Um, we we put, played him at linebacker a little bit last year, and then his natural position is really defensive end on the defensive side of the ball. Um, he was awesome. He's a two-year captain for us. Um, and then he played a little bit of running back for us, a little bit of fullback for us. And um, yeah, Ask him about how, how, the, how the game ended the other day. Well, it says about uh, a botched exchange, and uh, what did Coach Lakata say to you? He said, he asked me, he said, he asked me, he looked at me, I was, I was, I was down because I, me and JJ just had a like, miscommunication. We fumbled, and he said, oh, man, if I put the ball in your hands, can I trust you to take us home? And then I was like, yeah. And then came down to third and 12, like third and eight. Uh I rem- all I remember was Fred diving on my ankles, a little fake hurdle, spin move, and then got outside first down, sealed the game. So it was special. I was looked at. I was. I felt like a hero. <laughs> yeah. Way to put the trust in him, Coach. Absolutely. That's that. That's my guy. He uh, he was awesome. We ran. Uh, I think St. Mary's knew what play we were going to run. We had our two big guys pulling in front of in front of snacks and. Um, he made one guy miss, got the first down. We sealed the game, took a knee to win it, and uh, that was it. Now, we also have uh, number 25, Tommy English, linebacker, uh, wide receiver. Um, what could you tell us about him? Uh, Tommy Tommy's a hockey player uh, growing up, and then we got him to come out to play football the last two years. Um, all of his uncles played at Timon. He's a, he's a Timon guy through and through, um, but one of those kids that – would do anything, um, anything you asked him to do on the football field. He was awesome, awesome leader, great Tommy Edelman there, and uh, caught the caught the game ceiling touchdown too. Now, Tommy, uh, let's see. Yeah, you got the game winning touchdown. What was the call? Uh, yellow seven. It's a Billy throwback. <laughs> what What's a Billy throwback, Coach? Well, I got a good idea. Well, because I'm looking at the notes. You're giving away his playbook, Anthony. Can't you work around that? Roger, Roger, you know this. I mean, you go back to 2009, 2010, Williamsville South Billies. You see a lot of highlights of a guy rolling all the way right and throwing it all the way back left. Um, Coach Krasansky always called it the Billy throwback. So 
we put it in special uh, for this week, and we lined up in a bunch formation to the left side. Our quarterback's a lefty. He rolled all the way left. Tommy snuck out the left side and, and hit that back corner of the end zone on the right side, and he was wide open. Nobody was there, and Tommy, that's, you can ask him. That's a tough catch to make, but he caught it, and we won the game. Does your quarterback throw right-handed or left-handed? He's a lefty. Okay, I was going to say, if you're rolling to the left and throwing over it, but all right, I'll give you a pass on that one, Coach. Tommy, outside of winning the uh, championship, what would you say is a highlight for you during the year? Um, you know, just all of us coming together over the year, uh, bonding over the year, and just having success. Like, the championship was big for us. So uh, just spending time with the guys out on the field was fun. What was the attitude in school after you guys won? A lot of congratulations, pats on the back, things like that? Yeah, um, it wasn't just a football team that won. The whole school won. So it was a uh, high energy on Monday, and just a lot of fun going around there. You know, I realize how far this team has come in just two or three years. Yeah, it's just Joey. It's a tribute to yourself, and uh, we shouldn't be surprised uh, since your sophomore year in a high uh, high school, and we've been following you, and nothing surprises us anymore. And uh, I don't think we can congratulate you enough. He'd go to South Buffalo. Really? South really Buffalo. All these- oh, oh, oh. Go to South Buffalo. Oh, well, oh now we got geogra- geography coming into play here. <laughs> I have a lot of history with South Buffalo football. <laughs> Ask your assistant coach, Joe. <laughs> I know. Coach, go ahead. <laughs> By the way, he has, Tommy Joya hasn't aged uh, a bit. I mean, is it possible for him to get older, or did somebody put him in, like, uh, cryogenics and just freeze him? Right. All right, let's go to, well, no, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk with uh, Todd Perkovich, and we're also going to talk with Luke McMahon, two of the big guys on the offensive line, and talk about that offensive line play. So we'll be back with more Inside High School Sports. But don't forget, Sports Talk Saturday follows us after after we're done at 11, and I guess tomorrow, all your Buffalo Bills action right here, WGR Sports Radio 550. We're back. One more segment of Inside High School Sports and then a Sports Talk Saturday. We are joined by uh, Joey Licata and uh, several of his players. We're going to talk with Todd Perkovich and Luke McMahon in a second. Francis, you did have a question for Joe before we get to talking to the big guys. Yeah, uh, Joe, uh, Canisius is playing Cardinal Hayes today. I don't know if you saw the game between Canisius and St. Francis last week, but do you have any thoughts on how the A division kind of played out with Canisius uh, kind of upsetting St. Francis? Yeah, they uh, they did a nice job of upsetting uh, Jake Ritz's rhythm um, on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, I, I think Ritz is probably the best quarterback in Western New York, um, and he's incredible. And, I, and I, I know I've talked to you guys about what, I, what my thoughts on Jerry Smith are already. I mean, I think he's the best coach in Western New York. Yeah, outstanding, sure. So and he, he play calls very well for those guys. Um, him and Steve Otremba do a really nice job. Um, and Canisius was able to just knock them off their rhythm. And um, Jake, I think, was coming off a little bit of a sickness too. Not um, So <laughs> Canisius did a really nice job. And on the other side of the ball, uh, <clears throat> I've, I've had a chance to, to get to know Tyler Baker the last few years. Um, and he's done a really nice job within Canisius' offense. Uh, getting the ball to the playmakers and using his legs to make plays. And, um, you know, it was just a combo of all those things. And, and Canisius has some playmakers on the outside, too. 
Um, so, uh, yes, it was it was it was an upset. It was a little bit of a surprise, but you look at you look at that Canisius team; they're pretty good. So, um, wasn't all that surprising. And they're young. Do you think uh, they're starting? To, you know, and I brought this up earlier that they're starting to uh, come on as a team, uh, starting to grow as young football players. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I think anytime uh, you start a sophomore at quarterback, and there's a lot of sophomore skill players on that team, um, they grow together. And so I heard you guys talking about it earlier. Are they peaking now? They probably they are. Um, you know, they upset Joe's. They upset Franny's. Um, those guys have grown into uh, juniors and seniors, really. They're not sophomores anymore at this point in the season. Yeah, you work with quarterbacks from uh, uh, with your uh, Joe Licata football. How many of the uh, you know quarterbacks that we're familiar with that you have worked with? Uh, <laughs> there's been a lot. Um, I've had a chance to work with Ritz a little bit. I've uh, worked with Tyler Baker for the last three years. Um, a lot of them across Western New York I've had a chance to work with. Um, but yeah, that's been, that's been a fun ride getting to know these kids and hearing their stories and seeing any way I can help them out. It's been a it's been a really cool cool thing, cool way to give back. What's the most difficult thing to teach a young quarterback? Is it footwork? Is it reading? Yeah, it's um, it's definitely footwork and consistency in the pocket. Uh, that's they they see guys on Sundays that are making plays. Um, that they shouldn't be studying off of because those guys are different type of athletes. Um, so it's kind of breaking everything down and getting back to the bare basics of throwing the football, the mechanics of everything, um, just, just hammering that in their heads and, and getting them to you know, have muscle memory with that throwing, the throwing mechanics in their footwork. For any young quarterbacks out there that are interested uh, in getting together with you, uh, how do they contact you, Joe? Um, I have a website. It's just joelicottafootball.com. Um, and then I'm on Twitter and, and Instagram and Facebook, so they can reach out that way. Um, just search it. It's just Joe Licata Football, and we'll be starting a camp, I think, in the end of January. It'll start back up. Awesome. As we said, we have your two big boys in studio, and we're going to talk with uh, Todd Perkovich, first-team all-Catholic offensive yes. lineman. Mm. He started for you guys for three years. He's uh, a transfer from North Tonawana, uh, uh, in fact. What could you tell us about Todd? Uh, Todd, uh, when he first got to time and didn't really say too many words, um, was very quiet, but worked, worked really hard. Um, and then as he kind of came into his own, he, he became an awesome leader for us, uh, was a two year captain for us. And, uh, you know, just the type of kid that, that, that you love to build a program around because he works his butt off and one of, one of two offensive linemen this season to score a touchdown for the Tigers. Whoa, how cool is that? <laughs> Look at the smile. <laughs> Todd, tell us about the touchdown. Three, I guess, because Alex, yeah. Uh, well, um, it was actually crazy because it was in the championship game, and um, I was pulling, I think it was like I think it was a trap play that we did. I was pulling for the defensive end. and It was 43 trap. Yeah, yeah, and we had a fullback in, and I saw him cross the goal line, and I thought that was our running back. So then... I like I let down my guard a bit, and then the um, the guy who was blocking got on our running back like right before he crossed the goal line, and then he ended up popping the ball out, and then I ended up falling on the ball, 
And it was just right there, right in my hands. Your eyes turn like big saucers, like, oh, my God, look at that. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like an illegal forward pass to me, Anthony. <laughs> Ooh, controversy. I'm going to go to the tape. <laughs> <laughs> After further review, uh, let's see. Todd, what did you tell – I mean, you know, offensive line play, we've talked about and that's been the theme of the show and how important – it is. Uh, you guys take pride in what you do, don't you? Oh, yeah, of course. It's the number one responsibility. Uh, it starts up front. It's what we like live by uh, the whole season. starts with us. That feeling of when you uh – when you're able to, you know, push aside somebody and you see your running back uh, sprint for a long gain or a touchdown. Oh, that's the best feeling ever, just knowing that you're able to open the holes open, like for your running back just to run right through and watching the big yardage gains. It's just an amazing feeling. Okay, we got one other lineman we got to get to, Anthony. Yep, we're going to talk with Luke McMahon, now uh, number 77, first team, all-Catholic. That's another thing they're noticing, uh, Coach Licata, is uh, a lot of all-Catholics on your your squad. Yeah, we like I said earlier, we really did have a special group. Um, we had 10 first-team all-Catholic guys, as well as the offensive and defensive player of the year in our conference. And Luke, uh, let's see, you're a three-year starter, your father and your brothers played, uh, you're the youngest of the McMahons to play. Mm-hmm. What's that like with the family tradition? Well, the reason I came to Timon was really because I went to games and saw my brothers uh, playing. And, uh, you know, that was important to me, going to games at Tift, seeing them playing, and I wanted to, I wanted to be the next in that line. So, Do they uh, give you advice or a lot of talking up, you know, hey, you got to keep up family tradition yeah. here. When I played, I scored 76 touchdowns in one game, you know, that sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, um, my oldest brother played D3 football at U of R. So, you know, he, he went through all this. You know, hopefully I could play college football someday. He, he's trying to guide me through that, and uh, so, you know, it's nice to have them there with me. Joe, what could you tell us about him? Uh, Luke's, Luke's awesome. Um, he is the type of kid that puts his head down and gets to work, um, but also the kid that I can trust in any situation. Um, I, I get the pulse of the team from Luke. He's always honest with me. Um, he, he's the main guy I go to and say, what do you like in this situation? And I, and I trust him because um, I know he's put the work in. He studied. I know he cares about it. Um, and he's got so much pride in, in time in that, um, you know, you, you love to work hard and, and work hard for a kid like that because uh, he, he's awesome. He's what awesome. else would you expect from a South Buffalo guy time in high school? It, it goes hand in hand. Yeah, it does. All right, Coach Joe, we only have a few more minutes left. Uh, we also have Angel Vasquez in in studio. What could you tell us about Angel? Angel. Angel's awesome. Angel is actually Todd's nephew. Um, really? Just, yeah, he work, he, he's he been with us for the last couple of years. Uncle Todd. Worked, uh, <laughs> Uncle Tater. Has worked his butt off and, and, and been awesome for us um, and has always just been a positive member of our team, and, and he's been great. Angel, what are some highlights for you from this past season? Something that, that has stood out. No, don't laugh. Come on. Get up here to the microphone. Don't be shy. I have a feeling we have somebody that does not want to talk. That's okay. He's got, uh, all of a sudden, he's got, uh, 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 you know, air fright. 
Joe, some of the things that uh, other uh, things that have stood out for you this past year, you know, wins are nice and everything, but watching these kids grow has got to be one of, one of them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, <clears throat> the way that they've matured and had to mature, um, but we mentioned it earlier with, with the, the passing of their teammate. Um, you, you know, four, the, four of the guys in the studio right now had a chance to wear number two. You should ask them about that. What it, what it was like to have the chance to wear number two. What was that like, guys? Sometimes, you, you know, you think about it a lot. When you're, when you're playing, it, it gets overwhelming uh, to wear that number two. But once you start to get in that groove, you know, you realize who you're doing it for. And it's, it's a really an honor to be able to wear the number two. Even, like, Todd and I were able to wear it as offensive linemen. You know, the league realized, you know, what was going on, and they, they let us wear it as uh, number two. Snacks was actually the second second teammate to wear number two this season against uh, Akron at home. So. And you have uh, number two on your uh, jersey, uh, your shirt right now, and I'm sporting one as well that uh, Joey gave me. Nice. Guys, thank you very much for spending time with us this morning. Joe, thank you. Best of luck during basketball, especially when you play that uh, powerhouse star point team. And those two uh, awesome coaches you're going to go up against. I'll see you December 20th, Joe. Awesome. See you then. Thank you guys for having us on. We appreciate it. All right. My pleasure. All right. Sports Talk Saturday is following us. We'll talk to you next week with more Inside High School Sports. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.